everyone please help me welcome Stephen Blacksmith. What up? Thank you guys. Sit down. You guys are awesome. I love you. All right. So before we get started, <clears throat> this morning in Manifestations, God said that he wanted us to be certain in who we are. Do you know, before we get going, who you are in Christ today? Yeah? yeah? Yes? I'm asking a question. I need feedback. Yes? There is going to be a lot of feedback required today, people. So let's get started. I know that, was, that like was a tear-jerking couple of songs. For sure I was in the back weeping. But now we're going to get ramped up, and we're going to let that thankfulness come out in a different way. So yes, we know who we are in Christ today, right now. Yes? Amen. Awesome. Great. Wonderful. God wants us to be certain because what we're going to look at today requires us to be very certain of what we know. I don't have notes yet, so we're just going to have to... We're going to... We have been talking about... um, discipleship specifically this year and it's going to be a central theme throughout the rest of the year and um, today we're going to continue our conversation oh it just crashed that's why okay we're going to continue our conversation uh, in about discipleship and we're going to kind of expand on what Bob started a couple weeks ago in terms of training so the uh, specific training is is the name of our teaching today and we're going to get into some specific output training methods Maybe. No, oh, wait. Here it is. Got it. Nailed it. Yeah, we're going to go as the Lord leads. Maybe. Let's go to, um, you guys got Bibles? You got apps? Let's throw this stuff open real fast. Um, we're going to go to First Chronicles. That'll take you guys a while to find, so I'll have some time here. To, it's in the Old Testament. <laughs> First, Chronicles. First Chronicles. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's in my notes. Thank you guys for your patience in this. Leave it to a millennial to bring technology to church and then wreck it, right? (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, so you guys might not have slides, but I do have notes, so we're going to just do this the old-fashioned way. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, go, oh yeah, Carolyn, you can control this, can't you? I should have looked up five minutes ago. Yeah, can you go to the next slide, please? <laughs> First Chronicles 16, that's where we're going. I did have the right place, all right. We're going to verse 34, and it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. This is a picture of the nature of your God, people, okay? We will give thanks to our God, for he is good. 
All right. Your God is always good. He's always been good. He always will be good. Okay, his love is forever and it is enduring. Your God is good. Give thanks to your God. Say it. My God is good. Say, God, you are good. God, you are good. God, you are good. Come on, let's emphasize those words and let's let that ring in your heart this morning. Psalm 105, um, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Verse 2 says, Sing unto him songs and praises and tell, tell of his wondrous works. Verse 3, Glory in his holy name and let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Your heart is full right now, yes? Amen. So let's rejoice. Let God hear, you are a good God. Thank you for being God. Carolyn, you can skip over that. Uh, go to the next one, actually. Let's just hear it. Thank you, God, for being good. Next one. Yeah, look to the person next to you and say, God, you're good. Yeah, appreciate that person next to you. Right, God put that person there in your life as a part of your family, spiritually and physically, because he is a good God. And we ought to just be overflowing with that. Thanks. <laughs> How do people come to know the goodness of our God? We start talking. We start looking at people and saying, God is good. Thank you, God. You are a good God. Did you know my God is a good God? So we're going to do some light review now of discipleship. Okay, this is to get you warmed up. Now we're going to get into some, some easy, easy quizzes. Okay, guys, this is like sixth grade. This is so easy. All right? You can go to the next one. As a review, we're talking about disciples here. What is a disciple? Is it, next slide, A, something only available to apostles? Is it B, something I'll never be? Is it C, a committed follower of Jesus Christ? Or is it D, a toothbrush? That's what happens when you let your kid help. It is, next slide please, someone that believes in Jesus Christ and is committed to seeking him and following him in their life every day. Easy, right? That doesn't sound so massive, right? We're not talking about a martyr here. That's a totally different thing. We're talking about a disciple. You're a follower. You're committed. And what that means is that in your day-to-day -day life, you will make the decision consciously to be more like Christ. That's it. That's easy. All right, next question. Here we go. Ready? <clears throat> um, oh, um, there we go. Why is this our theme? Is it A, No, you have to. I, I, I don't have control today. Uh, because Bob thought it was a good idea. <laughs> is it B, it makes teaching schedules easier if the topic is already decided? Is it C, because Jesus Christ gave an instruction and we're going to listen, remember, and obey? Or is it D, oh, because? <laughs> all the above. Well, technically all the above, but we're really going to laser focus in on number on letter C here. Uh, in Matthew chapter eight, uh, 28, verse 19, Jesus Christ said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name and in the name of the Father. Uh, I'm sorry, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. All right, last question. Super easy. You guys are doing great, by the way. What is our goal in studying this? Why? Is it A, to become disciples? B, to be doers of the word? C, to love God, love people, and serve the world? Or D, all of the above? Yes, all of the above. Very good. Give yourselves a round. Come on. All right. We want to be active disciples of Christ that love God, love people, and serve. That is our goal. So let's check in. Next, next slide. There we go. <clears throat> We've been doing this for four weeks now. We've been learning about discipleship and, and what the blueprint looks like, what the hard and fast is in some instances, how we can apply these things in our life. How are we doing? I want feedback now. This is part of the time you guys get to talk a little bit. Good, bad, indifferent? No? Okay, is anybody unsure of why we're endeavoring to go down this path of discipleship? Just by a show of hands. Does anybody have a question on that? So we're clear there, and, and, and we're doing good so far, yes? Okay, thank you. Okay, so no questions, and we're doing all right. Um, have there been any noticeable changes in your guys' lives? Since we started to this topic, yes? Good, good. Now, remember, three weeks ago when we started this, Bob pointed to e uh, Evelyn Mendoza and said, if that baby looked the same in a year, we would really be concerned, and there would be cause for concern, yes? So it's true that in four weeks, we might not see a lot of change in a baby. I mean, for most people, unless you're a parent, and then you remember, like, daily there's changes, right? But, but we may not see changes in that four weeks, but it is not beyond the realm of possibility for God to make something totally understandable in a moment in time, okay? So I don't want you to go through this year as we start talking about discipleship more and more and as we start building down this road of improving who we are as Christians only to think it's going to still be some time before I ever get anywhere. Okay? God make it happen in a blink, in one moment. Okay, guys? So start looking for opportunities where you're seeing improvements, where you're making noticeable changes in your life. And then record that mentally because that's improvement and that's good. You can go to the next slide, Carol. I want to make sure that we're invested in this growth together, okay? If you're not, then please talk to one of the pastors here, okay, Garrett or, or Bob or myself, and let's, let's drill down to why maybe you're not invested in this goal of discipleship because it's a worthy goal and it's an instruction from Jesus Christ to the church, okay? Now, we broad-stroked discipleship as love God, love people, and serve the world early on. Okay, and I want to just hit lightly on each one of these um, because it's important that we understand them, okay? Um, so let's start with loving God. You can just stay here for now, Carolyn. Um, how do we love God? Like, how do we do that? What's that look like day to day? Okay, well, we learn that, uh, that we spend time in his word, right? That we get to know God, we get to understand his nature, and then we... We, in that understanding, we start to develop a relationship with God, yeah? As that relationship builds and grows and matures, God then starts to prepare us for change. 
Okay? He makes our heart different than it was before in love. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, it says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be complete, equipped in every good work. That's man and woman, right? So there's, we're dividing lines here, people. In the Lambs of Bible, it says that God's people would become complete and thoroughly perfected for every good work, right? So we have this goal of discipleship, and it's not on you to make it work, right? This is God equipping you to do a thing that he's asked you to do. The next broad stroke is to love people. You can go to the next one here. Okay? What does that mean to love people? It means simply that you desire the best for someone more than you care about your own level of personal comfort. Okay? I want you to think back to a time, maybe before you were a Christian, maybe not, um, where it was all about you. That's just how you lived. Okay? If you're no longer living your life like that, where you're the center of attention, then a transformation has already begun. And that's noteworthy. These are really, the word transformation is a really impactful word, and I think we, uh, we use it because we want to impress upon you guys that, that transformation is major and it's important. But I think that sometimes we don't fully recognize that when it happens, um, it's not always this very dramatic from death to life immediate change, like from one side of the spectrum to the other. Transformation happens, and sometimes it happens over a period of time, and sometimes it happens with little changes, like the focus of your life being taken away from yourself and put to God. That's an accomplishment. God gets excited when that happens because it's the first step in you living more like Christ. If you'd never run before, you would not try to start running by signing up for a marathon, right? That would be, that, that just wouldn't work, right? So what would, you, what would you start doing? You would jog down the street maybe, okay? And then after doing that a little bit, you would be a little bit more comfortable and you maybe would jog around the block and that would, that would grow into running around the block. And then after that, you would probably start running a mile at a time, okay? And after you <laughs> push yourself <laughs> to grow past that mile, <laughs> excuse me, you might start doing like 3K events, Right? You would be comfortable running a little bit more, a little bit more dedicated in your, in your cadence and in your performance. And then after that, you might go to a 5K, and then you would do a 10K, and after a couple of those, maybe then a half marathon. After a couple of those and doing well, maybe you would have the confidence in yourself to step into that marathon, and then you would run that marathon. But see, there's a lot of transition that happened from the time you decided you were going to start running sorry, to the time you got to the place where you could run a marathon. And it starts with little changes every day over time that leave you a very different person on this side than when you started on that side. And that is transformation. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. There will be a time, if there hasn't been already, in your life where you will desire to see the best in someone more than you care about you. And that is loving people. 
We want to learn to recognize these instances because the small changes add up to big changes, okay? So when you don't think that you're being transformed, start looking at some of the decisions that you've made in the past week, month, day, hour. How many of them are for glory? Okay, those are small changes, incremental steps to full-on transformation. And at that point, we can absolutely go Psalm 105 on the world. Let's go back to that, the next slide, Carolyn. Psalm 105, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. See, when you arrive at a place where you recognize you're transformed, all you will do is talk about it. It will be the topic of every conversation. And if it's not, you'll figure out a way to wedge it and make it. Talk to Glenn Clayton sometime about the heart and love. And you tell me if it doesn't, you don't even have to bring it up. You could ask him how his golf game is going. It would end up <laughs> transformation, the heart and love. Why? Because it's, because it's changed him. And he is at a point now where it's the only, th- it is a fire in his bones and he will not let it be quenched. Transformation happens, okay? It will happen with you, I promise. And you will be giving thanks to the Lord and counting out his praises among the people. Amen, for sure. <laughs> First John 4, 12b says, uh, we're going to skip all the way up to the next love people slide, Carolyn, sorry. Um, says that if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Right? What's that mean? That God's love is perfected in you when you love people. The very thing that makes you love people becomes better at loving people when you love people. It's a fully self-sustaining thing. It's beautiful. Finally, our last broad stroke is to serve the world. Service is the outward manifestation of the love in our heart. Okay, When your love for people reaches a critical mass, service is the way we get to express that. It's not because we're really good at specific things, although we might be, right? It's the joy of doing it for someone else that drives us to do it, and it's what drives us to be better, and, it's, and that is all summed up in the word serve. So when we serve the world, it's not for our own benefit. It's not for accolade. It's not, Jessica doesn't get up here and sing because she gets pats on the back every week. She gets up here to sing because it's a ministry that's, that's needed within the body of Christ, and she gets blessed to do it. Glenn doesn't play guitar up here for attaboys or, or for money. He comes up here and he plays well and he improves his craft because he loves you and it's, his, it's the best way for him to serve. <laughs> we train these things, love God, love people, serve the world, because training prepares us to do a thing. We spend time developing and understanding and living in such a way that these are always top of mind or on display. So that when the time comes for God to do a work, we are prepared to do the work. John Drake is at a, at a prayer vigil right now, ministering to people, ministering grace to hearers. And he didn't just decide, I'm going to go do that. He prepared for a really long time to pray for people. And to put himself in positions where he could minister God's peace to a situation. And now, when it's needed, God has a representative boots on ground at a thing. Taking care of people's hearts. Making sure that the glory of a terrible situation does not continue to fester, but moves. And that focus is drawn back to God. This is why we train and do what we do. This is why we learn and why we come to an understanding 
of discipling. Some of you know Kofi Hughes. Kofi is a beloved brother in Christ, and he also happens to be a strength and conditioning coach. Now, he'll train nearly anyone, and specifically, what he tends to train is speed. So he trains young athletes to get faster, right? If you need to run for football, baseball, basketball, soccer, he is your man if you want to go fast. You want to learn how to turn that speed on a dime and go fast in another direction? He'll teach you how to do it. He's really good at it, okay? What you are not going to find in his gym is him putting together programs for people to become power lifters, okay? Power lifters are big and very strong, but slow as a result. That's not what he trains. He trains for a very specific output, and that output is speed, okay? We train as disciples for a very specific output. So our training isn't going to be slapdash. When Bob was, was relaying his, uh, his experience of swim teams, right? His coach wanted a very specific improvement, and that was swimming. So his coach put him in a pool, right? He didn't put him on a stationary bike. He didn't make him join a tennis team. He did not sign him up for polo. He put him in a pool and told him to swim until it doesn't work anymore. And, that, and, and what, what happened is a byproduct. He got better at swimming. <clears throat> that is a sport-specific training, okay? When you want to improve in a very specific manner, you train in a very specific manner. Matthew chapter 10 gives us some insight on our specific output as disciples. Okay, Jesus Christ called disciples to him, and he said to them, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8 says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons you have received without paying, give without paying. See, these are specific outputs that he charged to a disciple, to 12 disciples, actually. Now, if we go back to verse 1, you don't have to, it's not here, but if you, if you were to read the context of this, in verse 1 of chapter 10, Jesus Christ calls to him 12 disciples, not apostles, not prophets, not evangelists. He calls 12 disciples to him. He charges them, and then in verse 5 says, go, do it. Okay, so he gives them the authority to do it, and then he sends them out, disciples. Okay, what are we studying to be? Disciples. disciples. So if a disciple is doing it here, would it stand a reason a disciple would do it here? And a Oh, yeah. Audio guys, if anybody's listening to this and not watching it, I'm pointing to the ground. I mean here, right? Okay, so just want to love everybody, include them all. All right, so our, our specific output, right, that we're going to look at today is heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons, okay? That's what we're training to do. That's what we want to train specifically to do so that when the time comes, we can do. Does that make sense? Are, are we all same page? Sweet. That delay on the front end really threw me off my game, so I'm sorry. <laughs> How do we do this? Right? Well, we don't do it. Carolyn, next slide, please. We'll go back to 2 Timothy 3. God equips. Why? That the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Okay? Again, not you. God willing for you to do. Beyond that, even, Karen, um, well, actually, last week, Garrett said that, um, that God has positioned us to win, right? That we have everything we need to make victory a reality. Go to the next slide, please. Second Corinth, or 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thanks be to God who has given who the victory? Us. Say it like you believe it. Say it like this is true and applies to you. God has given 
the through come on do you believe it do you believe that you have victory do you believe then by extension you can raise the dead cleanse the lepers heal the sick and and cast out demons you better believe it because it's the same Some people may say, Stephen, I disagree with you. I think that instruction was given to 12 specific people, and it isn't available to us. Well, okay, you can say that. But, you know, if it wasn't available for a disciple to do, it would likely stand a reason that Jesus Christ would call somebody else to do it. And he didn't. Then what happened? They were successful in their endeavors as disciples to cast out, heal, cleanse, and raise And at the end of Matthew, time has passed now after this instruction was given. At the end of Matthew, Jesus Christ says, go and do it more. Go make more disciples. Why? To do the things that they just did successfully. If it wasn't available for a disciple to do it, someone else would have had to do it. We have the authority, the same authority in the Holy Spirit to do the same things. Heal, cast, raise, and cleanse can be part of our daily life. All right, so I want to talk about cleansing lepers for just a minute. Because God just showed something really great to me when I was studying for this stuff. Jesus Christ said to go cleanse lepers, right? At the time, leprosy was not uncommon, okay? It was highly communicable, and those who became leprous Um, or were leprous from birth, uh, were not permitted inside the city, okay? They had to live in camps outside the walls of the city. Um, I imagine they were very well known. I mean, at least, maybe not by, by like, hey, Jim, how's it going? Still, arms still falling off? But, like, you would walk past these people as you entered and exited the city, and you would kind of come to know who they were. Jesus Christ wanted them to be cleansed. If a leper got cleansed, where did he go to live? Did he stay in the leper camp? No. He went back to the city or he went into the city for the first time. If he's going back, where does he get to go? Back home. What would the immediate, what would the first thing you say to somebody be when you came in as a not leper? (laughs) Guess what? I get to be here now. Who gets praise for that? See, when Jesus Christ instructed people to be cleansed, it was so that they could rejoin a life that was lost. How would their lives change getting to go back? Getting to go back to family and friends. What an awesome example that person would have been, not only for the truth of Jesus Christ, but then the power of our good God, the same good God that we praised when I got up here. Same God. Now, today, leprosy is not common, okay? But the instruction was to cleanse. The example was lepers. It's not specific to lepers. And there are many people today that need to be cleansed. Addiction, depression, anxiety, fear are all things that people carry with them that relegate them to the outside of their own lives, 
We don't kick them out of the city, but by God, they do not live the same way that we do. And they can be cleansed. What's your job as a disciple? It's right here. Cleanse. <laughs> what people do we see day to day kicked out of their own life by something so silly and so devilish that can be fixed in a moment? <laughs> God's goal for every person is to have a life of peace and joy, yes? Anybody want to argue that? Let's just, no? Good, great. We're all on the same page then. If the goal is peace and joy and you can deliver it, we want to figure out how to do that better. You are made for victory. Last week, Garrett said that God perpetuates goodness. And there is no reason that we should disqualify ourselves from being the people that bring goodness. You were made for victory. You were made for good works. <laughs> Identify yourself with truth right now. God told you at the beginning of this that he wants you to be certain of who you are. And these notes, I did not just type. So listen, ready? I'm going to read exactly what God told me to type. Identify yourself with truth. You are not a sinner. You are God's child. <laughs> Bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Made a son or a daughter of God. Walking in power and newness of life is who you were made to be. This is your truth spoken by the creator. You are not the sum total of your past, and you are not subjects to the mistakes that you made yesterday. Okay? That's not the truth. Today, you move forward with Jesus. Today, you make your mind up to progress with the Lord and become the best that God wants you to be. Today, you commit to making your life a living epistle for your good God. <laughs> Next slide, please. So now we're going to train. We're not going to do push-ups or anything because we're running a little low on time. <clears throat> but we are going to train together as a group. Okay? Now, prayer is an invaluable skill set. Praying for people is critically important. So we want to develop that specific output. Our ability to pray for people needs to be cared for and developed, right? Just like speed in an athlete needs to be cared for and developed. You don't just get fast and stay fast. You don't get strong and stay strong. You can lose it quick. We need to develop prayer in our lives for people. And then we need to maintain that. So we're going to train on that today. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Here's what we're going to do. And now, I understand that praying for people in public is intimidating, but that's all it is. You will not get shot for praying for someone, I promise. So this, and this is how you do it. It's, it's super easy. Okay? You introduce yourself to somebody. You communicate the love of God. You ask if you can pray with them. And then if they say yes... Ask if there's something specific that you can pray for. And if they don't, if they say no, then just pray and, and pray Psalm 105. 
God, you're good, and we recognize that you're good, and we love you, and we just want to let you know that together is all you have to say. And if you've never prayed before, that's okay. We got verses for that. Next, please. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus Christ says, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Next. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Okay. Jesus Christ just gave you a breakdown of how to pray. In verse 9, he, there's an introduction. Okay? We acknowledge and address God as who he is. God in heaven. Okay? We honor him. We hall- hallowed be your name. Hallowed just means like, God, we honor you. We just thank you for being you. You're amazing. We know you're amazing. You're good. When I pray, sometimes you hear me say, God, you're good. That's, that's, all, that's what that is. I'm just honoring God. I'm just telling him what he already knows. Like when somebody says you're awesome, you're like, yeah, I know. But it's still nice to hear. <laughs> right? Then the next thing he goes on, he says, he, he, Jesus Christ acknowledges God's will. He says, I want your will, I know that your will is for heaven and earth to be like each other. Right? Like we want earth to be like heaven. Right? So we know that's your will, Father. And then everything he prays after that is specific to those two things, okay? His will on earth and heaven, right? So he doesn't pray outlandishly and he doesn't pray maliciously. What's he pray for? He prays for uh, provision, food, okay? He prays for forgiveness. He prays for the ability to forgive other people. And then he closes and just prays for protection, just a, just a overall take care of me while I'm out, Father, so that I don't, you know, trip into something I shouldn't trip into, right? That's all. That's all. It, that, is, that is prayer, guys. It is not this to big to do, all right? It, it, this should not be the insurmountable task. Praying for people should be like breathing, okay? <laughs> Your prayer will vary almost assuredly from that, right? It, would, it, may, it may sound like this. God, you're holy and good, and I'm thankful. Please heal and cleanse and deliver back to your initial creation, your intended creation, Father. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. That's a prayer right there. And then, what, four seconds? You tell me you can't see somebody on the street that is clearly in need and deliver freedom in four seconds? <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, we can, right? Why? Well, we've read it a bunch, right? That we're equipped and we're capable and we're prepared and, and that it's not our own doing, it's God's, right? So we can do this, yes? Yes, there, there's nothing stopping us. This is not an echo chamber of good ideas that we should just talk about. We come here to learn and get encouraged to go out and do it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to split you guys in half, and we're going to train together, okay? So, um, so this is how we're going to do We're going to do side A and side B. Uh, Garrett, Tim, uh, Nancy, and Glenn, Candida, uh, and Kathy over. You guys are side A, okay? You don't have to move, just... Your side A, right? So when I address side A, talking to you folks, everybody on this side, your side B. Okay. Okay. We're going to pray for each other, okay? I'm going to give you some guidelines. It's very simple, right? If you've never prayed before, we just went over how to pray. So mimic that as best you can. Uh, you're going to introduce yourself to somebody from side A. You're going to walk over to side B, and you're going to introduce yourself, Okay you are going to show them the love of God. 
you are going to ask if you can pray for them. And if so, is there anything specific that you can be prayed for? And then you're going to pray. So this is what it'll look like. Hi, my name is Steven. Hey, Steve. Nice to meet you, Garrett. Nice to meet you. Uh, I just want you to know that God loves you more than a four-year-old loves mac and cheese. Amen. Can I pray for you? <laughs> yeah. Can I pray with sure. you? Is there something specific I could pray for? Um, no, not really. I'm pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. We'll just t- we'll take that. All right. Okay. God, cool. in Jesus Christ's name, we thank you for Garrett. We thank you that you are God and you're good and you're holy and wonderful and wise. And we thank you that you speak through us truth and encouragement and love. We thank you, Father, and we give you great praise in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Wow. Sit. Thanks, man. <laughs> Too hard? Anybody have questions on, on, on that? Reservations? Okay. Good. Okay. Well, one last thing I want to say before we split and do this exercise together, before we train, right? We are training together, okay? And we are a family here, all right? There is a reason that you're here today, and there is no reason for fear. Okay, so when team A, you get up to go pray for team B, go to somebody you maybe don't know well. Introduce yourself and become a tighter-knit family, okay? One thing you for sure do not have to worry about is asking for prayer and then finding your problem tweeted wide after fellowship. (laughs) Not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Promise. Like, I'll speak on everybody's behalf. You're not going to go out and tweet somebody else's problems, okay? You're not allowed to do that. All right. When you are asked if there is something that you need to be prayed for, Team B to start, Team A, you'll follow up. Be honest, okay? The same Holy Spirit that is in these people that are praying is the same Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ gave. It is God's gift of Holy Spirit given to us to bring about power and glory manifest, okay? You can be honest. If there is deliverance in your life, you can pray for that, and you can be ministered to by somebody as spiritually equipped as Bob, as spiritually equipped as Billy Graham. You know, it, there, there are no divisions or level of spirituality, people. It's the same spirit given to all, okay? All right. Be honest and love each other, okay? Side A, go. Find somebody on side B, and let's start praying. As you pray... Pray from a position of confidence. As you pray, approach God's throne. Yeah, you too. Rejoice in the promise of God's hope and glory today. Speak life into the person that you're praying for because your words are life and health. Your words are love and truth, and your words are powered by God.
as we begin to wrap those people that are being prayed for receive that prayer receive that healing receive that power okay James 15 uh, I'm sorry James 5 verse 16 says that the prayer of a righteous person has great power in it all right for those of you that are done team b go find somebody on team a do the same did you guys pray for each other like one all right we'll go find somebody new All right, as you guys are wrapping up, you can come back to your seats. All right. Well, guys, I thank you for being here this morning. This is not an intimidating thing, right? This is real easy. And the aftermath is what? You got, who's Anybody bummed out or disappointed? No? Yeah. This is easy. Okay? We did this today to demystify praying for people. It's not hard. It doesn't have to be verbose. You don't have to use a bunch of churchy words even. 
Good, praise, heal. Pretty common, right? All right. I love you guys. And I'm going to close in prayer. Father, we love you. (laughs) Oh, you are so good to us, God. So we just give you thanks. Give you thanks and praise today, God. May this training session not be uh, void of intention or or, uh, fruit, Father, but as people are encouraged and emboldened, Father, that they will walk out on your promises of healing and wholeness, Father. And that as we continue down the road of discipleship, Father, that we are making great strides to being Christ-like, and we are, we are making changes in people's lives. We're not just saying we're doing it, we're, we're doing it, Father. Commit to this, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we give you praise and glory for where you're taking us. Amen. I love you. Have a great week.